Today, we are talking about our technology partners. So we will talk a little bit about the tools of our trade, i.e. the software, right? But really, this episode is about thinking beyond just the tools, but how do we partner with the makers of those tools? What are some of the questions that we as firm owners should ask ourselves, our team, and the builders of these products as we combine our firm services with their solutions to help serve clients, right? So tech partners today here on Drink While You Think, the happy hour conversation between a couple of guys building their firm in really weird ways. I'm your host, Kenji, with my trusty co-host there, Matthew. Matthew, who is our sponsor today? Today's sponsor of Drink While You Think is Inflamo. Inflamo, the CFO's doorway to talent. Dude, you got a sponsor that competes with us? <laughs> I, think, I can't. I can't. I can't take you anywhere, man. <laughs> Inflamo. Talk to Drew and team over if you're in Nashville, Tennessee. Hey, Inflamo. No, seriously. If you guys uh, get stuck on an M&A issue, stuff like that, the Inflamo folks are great. But uh, I can't believe Kenji is getting sponsorships that compete with us again. But uh, I do like that he sent me the Gerst Amber Ale. Drew, you're the man. I appreciate you. Uh, if you're in Nashville, check out the the yazoo brewing company awesome to be what are you drinking dude to be fair uh well i'm drinking um this is a home style from the bearded iris this is a popular uh nashville brewery in fact uh, i know a couple of our team members at acuity love it um i think uh both team act does one new team member steve burt i'll give steve a shout out steve's a fan uh he's from nashville one of our new controllers and he's a fan of the bearded iris, amongst others. So, um, Drew and team at Inflamo, thank you for the beer and my trusty Acuity Yeti pint glass. Cheers, man. I just met Steve today. So, Steve, it's good to nice. meet you today. So, nice. you'll be hearing this in a couple of weeks. So, but you'll be remembering, oh, I remember that day. Uh, right. So, I didn't know we were drinking Nashville beers today, or I would have told you earlier, Drew. Not Drew. Nashville Steve. beers. I haven't, I, I haven't, I've, I met Steve today, not Drew. Today. Steve, Sorry. Well, I'll say again, thanks for. Actually, Drew and Inflamo did not even want to really be a sponsor, but I said, too bad. If you come and visit and you bring me beer, which Drew very generously does, you're automatically a sponsor. That's just how it works. Those are the rules. This is how it works. This is not the rules. And <laughs> you just said Drew Drew gets a sponsorship, and uh, I, I respect that. So Respect that. Anyway. That's okay, not so the let's... rule, but you guys can send us beer and see if you make it on the podcast if you're a <laughs> competitor of ours. That's okay. Um, Let's so what are you talking? Par- tech yeah, partners. Are, okay. uh, and so I've got it framed up with a couple of different questions. And the thing I want, we want to save another episode, one that we've kind of got in the works for a while around our specific tech stack, which I think people would find interesting. I think of other firms always interested in other people's tech stacks. That's going to be a good one for when we have Patty on here, right? Let's have yeah. Patty on here and do that one. So we may mention some of our tech stack, but I think it's what I wanted to kind of dig into more was just tech partners in general like working with tech partners. And so I kind of came up with a group of, I think, kind of questions that sometimes we at Acuity go through when we think about our tech partners and things we ask ourselves about, okay, not just should we use the tool, but should we kind of go a level deeper and kind of partner with them? So I've got a few questions. I'm going to get your kind of take on some of these as we kind of kick them around. But there's a lot of things I think we have to think about and when working with 
these makers of all these software tools, because damn, dude, there's a ton of them out there. And there's like a ton of these tools and partners out there. So it's a little tough to sift through. But um, I, I mean, I had to start with this one. At the top of the stack, you got to go with when you're thinking of questions to really dig in with this, these tech partners with, it's got to be around the problem solution fit, right? Um, what problem is this tech trying to solve? And I'd say, I think if this is fair or not, we at Acuity think of two, two issues. Usually it's either an employee or team issue or a client issue that we're trying to solve, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I'd say some of the solutions address both, but some of them are purely just for our own team. Like, do we, are we clear on like, what exactly are we trying to solve? We kicked this around a little bit at our retreat this week. Well, I mean, there's like, I'll use an example. Bill.com's example of this. It fixes an employee issue. It is, it's not, we're not trying to solve for bill pay. Like there's lots of bill pay solutions. What they solve for us is not giving our employees access to authorized payments for our clients' bank accounts. (laughs) At its core, that was the problem they fixed that other bill pay solutions hadn't fixed when we picked bill.com, right? Right. Exactly right. So that's We're what you're talking thinking? about a segregation of duties issue there, right? That yeah, that was a total yeah. from a firm owner's perspective. We were picking the best bill pay solution from a payments perspective. Although they have they did check those boxes. What we were solving for was access and segregation yep. of duties. Access issues, right? That was our luckily it does a good job of paying bills, right? I think, but I think in our in our world there, we were the bigger one we were solving for that one was an employee issue, like a team internal issue. That was team internal issue. Totally. Totally. That's- in other cases you get in somewhere, it's more of a client issue. Like you're right, you're trying to figure out this is something that's painful for them. Like this is a painful thing for the client that they're going to have to do otherwise um, or something kind of manually. If we don't interject or put a piece of tech in place, a lot of examples of those. Chart mogul. I remember when you were yeah. doing cohort analysis, chart mogul was a great example of that. Yeah. Like you could you could spreadsheet jockey that to death, but you were like, I remember you and David Moeller were both chart mogul geeks. Like we you guys were. would be, you guys were doing cohort analysis and when people churned and stuff like that for both of the businesses. It was a great example. Again, when a client comes and tells you, hey, I look at this particular tool more than I look at my financials get every day. And so looking at that saying, oh wow, this really shows some interesting SaaS metrics like MRR and LTV and churn rates on a regular basis. That was definitely solving a client need, right? Having yeah. reporting like that. Um, and so finding ways to help our SaaS clients see the value of tools like that were really interesting. And then you certainly get into, once you kind of figured out, and, and I say that, it, it seems obvious, well, of course, it's solving a problem. Well, I will say when there's this many solutions and you're walking around at Engage or QuickBooks Connect, these things are coming at you all over the place. And you do have to actually stop and say, wait a minute, time out. Do we actually have that problem? Is it big enough for us to actually spend time on? Because there are some things are like, oh, wow, these... These folks over here have like a cool booth or great swag or, you know, they're handing you drinks or they seem nice. That's fine. But like, do they, is there really a, do we have a need for that? Surprisingly not. I've been guilty of that a million times where I come back and I'm like, oh, we got to check this out. And you're going, wait a minute. The the scope of the problem we have is not large enough to really warrant driving down a path with this. So it does happen. It do you remember which conference we were like, we really identified this problem for the first time? It was account techs and the old account techs used to have this chart with all these quadrants with hundreds of like it started out with tens of solutions in each 
quadrant. And there was already like, how many quadrants were there? There were like 30 quadrants with minimum 10 solutions in each quadrant. And we we're like, oh my God. Like how's any entrepreneur supposed to navigate this ever? Ever. I mean, we couldn't navigate. It was absolutely abysmal. And so, yeah, that was a great one coming up from account tax. And we'd look at that one on a regular basis saying, we're just trying to cut through the noise for ourselves and clients by figuring out which where do we actually have problems that need to be solved? So that's the one to ask. I mean, you certainly have to kind of think about, it's a competitive landscape. So how does the, how does the partner, how does the software stack up competitively? Um, how well does it solve the problem? I mean, so certainly... Once you figure out that you're in a quadrant of whether it's access, bill pay, whether it's, you know, some some form of financial charting or reporting, you know, you need to take a look at what else is out there in the ecosystem, which is difficult because there's a lot popping up all the time. Um, and I think at the point you're making a decision, I mean, sometimes I feel like you have to live with that partner for a little bit. You got to jump on with them a little bit and you can't just keep flipping and switching. It's going to drive them crazy. It's going to drive you and your team crazy. So. I mean, it's a little obvious, but you got to get that problem like, okay, this really does solve a problem that exists today for your firm and for your clients. And I think that these, and I think it's the best one currently of all the competitive ones out there. But pretty quickly, I think once you get through that, I think we typically go to, there's some economic questions you got to start asking, right? You're going to get into, and it's probably related, how's the thing priced? What's it cost to use a firm and a client to use? And is there any margin opportunity? You know, right? Is there a, is there some financial incentive for you as a firm to use it? And what's the thing cost? I mean, there's some things you have to ask yourself as a firm of like, are you going to embed it um, in your pricing? Are you going to, are you going to direct bill? Like we've been a bit of both. <laughs> um and so sometimes we end up kind of passing along. How are you, are you going to mark it up? Um, how's that going to work? And so I think you have to get into the economic side of it a bit. Is there anything you'd say when you think about the economics of these different tools that you look at that helps make it? You make a decision on these. Well, I mean, we've just screwed stuff up. Like we went through the productization exercise, right? And we used to like include technology in our like different products, right? As a bundled solution. But then we were screwed when our, when our like price increase cycle was different than our partner's increase cycle, we would lose margin. Uh, So ultimately kind of, we've gone kind of back and forth with this and kind of currently where we've landed is we have the technology solutions primarily listed as separate products. So when they increase prices, we increased prices and we had to put that in our terms of services, but we got burned by that a couple of times. Oh yeah. Cause Intuit and build.com and Expensify and all these guys that we had been charging people for those were the primary zero. Those were the primary four we charge people for when their, their, their price increase cycles don't coincide with each other and don't coincide with ours. So that was, that was kind of like a logistical problem. We kind of learned over time. I remember messing that one up pretty good. Yeah. And I think we start, I mean, we started from a place of wanting to make it simple for a client, right? We always went with like, let's go with the elegant, most elegant, simple solution. If we can buy, have someone buy one price point that includes everything. So we went, we kind of went from the space. We thought, I don't think that's necessarily wrong to try to keep it simple for the buyer, but we, we were not prepared for the fact that when you have that many tech partners and their prices all start moving at independent times, 
it's a huge administrative burden on you as a firm to keep track of all those price increases, to pass them through. There's just prices moving constantly. It's, it's kind of feels like that moving dartboard you're trying to hit. And you, when you don't hit it, which you're not typically, it's just mar- you lose margin. You're losing money on that. Yeah. And for context for people, like if you're really up market, this doesn't really bother you. But we're, for context, like some of these costs that we're bundling were like 30 to 33% of the the total cost of the the product that we're offering so say in a $150 a month product it was $50 in the in the case of bill pay so if that price goes up like that's like you, you already don't have much margin on, on right. that so you got to just you got to just really watch it so this is a different size problem depending where you're playing in the market uh, so if you if you're trying to do like MVP, low cost, highly efficient transaction stuff, it almost needs to be split out. As you go up market and you're if if you have a fifty dollar a month product on a client that's billing two grand a month, like you, maybe you don't care, right? Maybe you can mm-hmm. pick that back up on the annual like increase cycle. But on a hundred fifty dollar product that was fifty dollars of it was technology and a hundred dollars with service and they raise their price 20% that could kill your whole margin. Yeah. So I do want to give that context because people are like, who cares about 50 bucks? Well, if it's 150 bucks a month, you care. You, you care. If that's just part of your total back. I mean, you have to, I would say you, if you go that route of bundling, you kind of need to think about yourself in terms of being a VAR reseller, right? You really have to be on top and have some controls around the cost moving around and everything from also too, when clients, come and go and leave like you have it on the back end as well like oh we forgot to stop the licenses that we're still getting paid for but that client's already churned or gone somewhere else so there's a lot of things there that can eat up margin quickly if you don't do it that way there's other programs out there that are can be more attractive when they're you're getting referral fees right almost like affiliate think of it that way or some method where you're just passing it's coming through you you either helped introduce in some way uh, I I, th- I see it two ways. You um, you're getting a fee back and forth uh, directly from the tech partner for pro- I think of, of two things. For two things, you're getting compensated for one. You get compensated for maybe you generate a lead, right? Let's say somebody heard about Gusto Payroll through us, used our signup link. Great, we pick up that we pick up a nice referral fee from Gusto. Also, the second thing I think you're getting compensated for there in that model is. You're playing a, a role of ongoing service. I'm sorry, you know, of, I mean, you're you're essentially kind of acting as I think tier one support. I always think of it like where, in an ideal state, I think most of the tech partners don't have to staff as many support people when they have a partner program with accountants because us accountants serve actually as a level of support. So it's it's not only fair; it should be required that they should pay us something for that. If we're doing that, we're helping them keep costs lower on customer acquisition costs on sales team, and on the support team. But it's nice when they make it. I, I typically prefer like those referral fee programs, like some have to where we just track all that. They cut you a direct deposit once a month based on the mechanics of it, make it very nice and easy versus having us to go and mark things up. Like here, here we'll give you the wholesale price as an accountant. And you have to kind of pass it through is the way that we typically like to look at it. But you have to ask those questions to yourself because some of those are easier to administer internally for your team than others. Um, and ask some questions about how you, if you want to bundle, if you want to separate those those prices of the product out separately. It's just something to think about because tech partners in the same space will do that in different ways for sure. For sure. Um, all right. 
after kind of, okay, the problem solution questions, the economic questions, if all those are starting to line up, I think you start getting into some of the team questions. That's where my head goes. Like, okay, great. This is looking like this probably solves a problem. We can pencil the math on this. What is rolling this out to our team look like? Um, and I think I think of it in a couple of ways. We've got for us, this may not be everybody, but for us and everyone else would have, how does your accounting team, like what's the training look like, right? Is there a way to, how do we get them up? And this is going to be pretty easy to pick up or is it going to be a heavy burden on them? And then also, I think sales and marketing teams and understand this too. How are we going to sell this thing? What does it look like sitting on your webpage? What does it look like if your sales team's trying to describe it as part of an offering? You kind of need to think about it in both those ways. Um, I don't know. When you've looked at that before, like how do you, like you kind of start to dig into the next level, like great, it's a good solution and it's a good price point, but like, how are you going to support our team? Yeah. I mean, there's two really separate things there. Uh, from the team perspective, one of the things I think we've leaned on is is certification programs. Because there's a big difference if we're going to have to develop the training. And I know we have to develop some like edge case stuff and and, and a little bit like use case stuff and responsive five minute, 10 minute, this is how you do stuff. But if they have a certification program, that's a really big lift for our bookkeeping team in particular, right? So all the cloud accountants that we have um, tend to be like coming and experienced. And the big thing we're doing is doing tech training. So if you're a big technology partner of us and, and you have a certification program to keep people up on, Every year, like recertifications and certifications and the new stuff comes out, like you're taking the burden off us. So they're being good partners to us with those certification programs. So I think those are the two big things on the on the employee training piece. And the other piece you're talking about with sales, uh, I was just talking about this with our latest tech partner. So they were like, how do you look at tech partnerships? And I was like, I have come to think of it in three big buckets, right? So the first bucket, like the entry-level bucket for us, I mean, there's other things too. There's like going to conferences and exploring shit and stuff like that that we do all the time. But really, when when I really th- thought down, like people get real, category one is our clients are using it and we have to deal with it. Yep. <laughs> right? So this was Ramp that I was talking to that helped me crystallize this because I was trying to like, how do I... How do I explain to ramp like how acuity works? I was like, okay, first of all, there's like this category of people that like our clients are just using it all the time. Cause that's what ramp did, right? Like our clients are just like hounding us with it. They're like, oh gosh, this is the greatest things in sliced bread, especially in the tech practice. Right. So then the second one is, oh, they've reached a level that we we've decided they meet all the security concerns. They have, they check the box on pricing. We kind of, we check the box on team. They're going to give us customer support. They're going to do some other stuff and kind of, we're going to try to co-market with them. We're going to do all kinds of stuff. We're going to advocate for them. So that's the kind of, that's the set I call the ones that are on our website. So we have a partner page on our website. It's about 18, 19 companies. Like that's, that's kind of level two, right? For, for us. And then the third level is like, we've, thought about them so much that we've built our products around them and our sales team understands them, our product under. So that's kind of like the three stages they go through. So I think of like partnerships in little different ways, like, like you're getting intro, like client, client driven demand. 
Then we say, okay, you've met, checked all the boxes and we're trying to get exposure to our team and our sales things. And then like, we exactly know how to take you to market. (laughs) And that's kind of like the three tiers that you get in, even if they're unofficial tiers, like that, that I think people go through here. Yeah. Yeah. I very, it's a good way to kind of describe it to, I think, to a tech partner coming in where there are, there are some of these that are more fully flushed out in a deeper partnership, just because we've had time to kind of go through those levels and our sales and marketing team are all spun up on exactly how, you know, the solutions work with ours. They're selling it effectively there. We're doing some co-marketing, you know, we're really deep with them. Um, we're so things happen versus there are some who are like, okay, we're just teaching the team how to be aware of some of these tools that are being brought in by clients. There's different levels of that, I think, for sure. But it's important to make sure your team gets spun up on this. I think the certifications are a great one. Um, I know that I was impressed with the way that, in fact, the Gusto more recently was putting out Gusto Academy and really putting a lot into their certifications and training. Like that's a big deal. That's a big deal, I think, for us. If you can demonstrate that, to firms, they're going to take that partnership much more seriously. But um, okay, so let's say we get through that piece of it. You've got the teams okay with it, the economics work, got a good solution. The other, this one's maybe less obvious. I I think there's some questions about that sometimes we as firm owners forget to ask back is and that's what does the partner need from us, right? What do they need? And and I think that's especially because I say that because what you know, what do our partners need that we can fulfill as accountants, as firm owners? And I'm a big believer of just mutual respect, is I really try to make sure within acuity that we don't use the word vendors. Um, I try to hammer that home. You and I both do that, Matthew, of like we just talk about called them partners. We we talked about this at AcuityCon when our partners are invited. They're invited to every single session. Right, they're they're not held off in just the the vendor trade show booth area. Right, they're invited right. into everything, and that's important for us because I say that mutual respect is that I don't I don't particularly enjoy when our clients call us vendors. Yes, they pay us for something. Um, I'd like it to be more of a partnership. So I think we try to do that with our partners too. And I think it's we're when we're being good partners, which I'm sure there's plenty of times we're not. We're asking, like, what is it specifically that you need help with? Like, what what do you need? And I don't know your take on this, but sometimes it's just like, listen, Acuity, we need to help move more licenses. In the day, you are helping as part of our sales org, right? You're helping as part of that. Just tell us. Just tell us we'll help. Or maybe there's some, you know, other areas that we can assist with. Um, how, how do you think about that? Like when you. I like it when they give us clarity on what they need from us. Like this partnership will be successful if these things are met. Would have been some good situations where you've seen that. Well, I mean, that's really dependent on stage for a lot of the companies, right? So like the really early stuff, say like Tally4 or Callbox, Verity, like the when when we were getting Drab too, um, those four, when like we were introduced to them, they're like early. Mm-hmm. Like they're all at different stages now, but like... That was really, really early. So we could actually help with product stuff. And like from a two-way perspective, like one of the things they asked us to give back was like, hey, give us feedback and stuff like that. And the ones that were really intentional about it, like the draft guys would were really the some of the most intentional, right? They would plan product sessions. They would really solicit our feedback. They would distill it and go back and do that. And in return, like that created a lot of engagement with us, right? So they got what they wanted back because they got a lot of engagement. And from our perspective, it, it 
it was like we were we were invested in them like we yeah. cared like we started caring more cuz they were asking us and then they were doing stuff that we would be like oh that is help what like they a month later came back and that's in the product uh so that's that was like that stage one i see that a lot like i i i really feel that and i get really invested in those companies personally like i yeah. love the founding team i hate yeah. when the founding team leaves i hate when like a, like all that kind of stuff like i i know you know kind of invested from there on i think um that's that's one of the ways i've seen that it's really interesting and i i really like it as two way uh the second one is just making sure we have like they know how we work mm-hmm. right so i'm working on that a little bit uh, one of my goals this year is to kind of take those three tiers that I came up with for ramp. Cause that really helped ramp understand like how we worked. It kind of, kind of doing almost like a partner program, like explanation for people. Like here's, here's how we work. Like here's, here's what we expect. Here's like that kind of stuff. And just be more transparent with people about how we can help and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, on the bigger ones, obviously like it, you and I both, I mean, between us, we sit on half a dozen, it feels like, of the technology partners, advisory boards and stuff like that. And that, and, and some of that is just not like you and I do more kind of telling people how to, how like in accountants work. Right. Right. Than really advising on the product. Usually we have to get somebody on the team to say, like, oh, here are the product features and stuff like that. But when you're talking to Intuit or I'm at bill.com or you're at, uh, you know, I'm at zero, you're, at Expensify, you're at Gusto, like, I mean, those are all big companies, right? <clears throat> so, like, half the time there, like, the input, I think, that they appreciate most from you and I, like, and this is, depends on where you are, like, right. you can either do product feedback, or you can do, like, they like, I think they like a lot of ecosystem feedback. Yeah. But like, this is the general sense for your product. This is kind of the stuff that this is the problem I'm going through. When you hit me with this and you're like, sell license, sell license, sell license. I'm like, dude, I'm trying to train people right now. <laughs> like, right. talk to me about your certification program. Don't talk to me about selling license. Like, yeah. I've got I've got the great resignation happening. You know what I mean? Like, you're tone deaf. Like, and yeah. that kind of stuff, I think, is is really interesting. I don't know, man. What do you think? I, I, think, I think you nailed it. I think it's... Um... An area that I think is helpful. I, well, I give a couple, well, two thoughts here. One, um, let me piggyback that a little bit and just say that I do get a lot of people ask me because we sit on a lot of advisory boards or councils or summits, whatever you want to call it. And they ask about that, or maybe they're going on one for the first time. We have some of our team members going on them. Um, and the counsel I give to them is to make sure they start building relationships with those partners and, and don't try to be something that you're not like, just be like, Hey, here's the role I play at my firm. Here's what I really, here's what I do. And I have really good purview of lean into that. You will find mm-hmm. those, especially the big or the big partners, you'll, they will find someone who goes, Oh, I know a team or people working on a solution that you'd be great for. Um, sometimes it's easy to walk in and go, well, you, you must know everything. Well, none of us know everything, right? In fact, like you just said, you and I are terrible on some of the specific product stuff. We have a good, pretty good handle on the ecosystem and what's happening in the space and how a, a firm manages things like this. So lean into that. Don't be afraid to tell your, the partner you're working with, like, here's what I'm actually really good at. Here's what my firm counts on me for. And I think they'll, they can find ways to engage with you better that way. Um, 
Also, I like it when partners are really direct about, hey, here's what we're trying to get out of this. And here's what we need. Um, and I'll give a good example. I think someone who's very direct, who's probably one of it, one of my closer friends in the tech partner space. I think Joel Lacaya. I, I love Joel. We don't, you know, we do some work with Rippling, but Joel is always very clear about what they're trying to he's trying to, trying to accomplish, what he needs. And it's no, and he does it in a fun, loving, friendly way, right? But it's like, hey, here's here's what we're looking for. Here's what a partner means to us. And I appreciate that transparency. Sometimes I think people are afraid to kind of say what it is they're looking to do, right? And so and I- Joel's, Joel's never been afraid of anything. Never like afraid of anything. Say to us, thank God. Joel. So. Uh, but I think that's important, right? Giving them a chance to like ask them what they need. What do you need? What would you truly need out of our organization? And I think being very direct is great. Saying, okay, cool. Well, I either can or can't fulfill that. I had that twi- I had that conversation with another great friend in the face, Twyla, you know, at FreshBooks. And when she and I talked about this, you know, and she wanted some help on some things, you know, I, I, I worried about, do I have enough product experience? I don't with that. I've used FreshBooks before. I actually used to use it for my wife's company. When I was doing bookkeeping for her, but it's been a long time. And she's like, ah, that's, we don't need you for that, Kenji. Kenji, we don't need you for your experience on FreshBooks, you know, 10 years ago. We we need you for something different for that. So have that conversation, I think, with the partner about what they need as well, too. And it'll just create a more balanced and better partnership. Um, I'd say kind of like, and maybe encapsulate like all this, like, great, all those things get met. You you move forward and then you're in the partnership with these folks. Like you're, you're living in the partnership. Um, so I think of it now you're in the relationship with relationships, you're going forward, you're in it. What does it look like? And I think this is where something like support starts coming in. Um, now I would say you probably should have some conversations about what does support look like for a partner. Um, but you're gonna experience it once you're already together working with them, right? You're there, something goes sideways, because guess what? Something always goes sideways, or there's just a new feature or something pops up. What does support look like? That's a, a probably the tier one of like, how do you, what's the relationship look like? And you need to know, are you just going to, are you going to be put in the support queue with everybody else? Is there a special place for partners? Is there a point system that allows you through there? Because or do you actually have names and phone numbers of people that you can talk to at your partnership? I think that's really important. Like that's really important to have. Would you, I mean, I assume you'd agree with that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really good to understand that. I mean, I think that's kind of like one of our gates for getting to like that second tier, right? Is like we've got to be able to pick up the phone and call somebody. Like we've yeah. like for you to make this list, right? That's yeah. <laughs> like not to give Joel shit, but like that's kind of like I bet that's probably why Rippling hasn't kind of tiered over with us. Like they're kind of in this third tier. Like our customers are starting to use it a lot. Right. Yeah. But like, we don't have direct customer support. We don't have that. Like we're not doing co-marketing yet. Like it's just kind of, I know it's been around a while and we have great relationships, but like, we don't have dedicated support. Like, like until we get that, like, like it's hard to push you on other people. If we don't have dedicated support at our size, I feel like yeah, yeah. we have That's, so absolutely. much centralized and like, I know Joel will answer our calls, but like we need somebody on the CS team 
to like be answering all the ops managers calls and all the team lead calls and all that kind of stuff. You know? And what I would say on that one, that's a fair point from them to say, Hey, well, guess what? You guys, you guys haven't referred any people to rippling in like ever. So guess what? I can't dedicate support team to you. And that's a fair thing to, and all that is, is oh, for sure. That's like, it's a hundred, hundred percent fair, fair. So but well, right. Yeah. It's just hard. Cause so, so many of their clients are on our thing now. Like we have like, we're getting up to, to where we have that 10 client threshold where it starts becoming painful. Like yeah. when we don't have that CS, you know, and, that, and that'll be a good spot for us to kind of get to with them. I think I had a good experience just this week. I mean, I can't call out all of our good partners. There's so many good, honestly, there's so many good ones, but you know, Expensify this week, I, another firm owner was having a tough time and couldn't get an answer. And for me, it was, it was nice. I was quick, quick ping over to Ryan Donato over at Expensify. I was like, yeah, plug me into that person. Let me help him out. Right. Another fellow firm owner. Yeah. And so it matters being part of these partner programs um, because they, I get it. Like we're the same way. Like we can't have a huge, the elaborate. It's system. not just being part of it though. Like you've got to be active in it to get you the do. value. Yep. You've got to participate. You've got to come at it at the right lens too. You've got to be like, I think the biggest mistake I see other firm owners make is, uh, is expecting like, like once you have 50% of your clients over there, like that they're going to drop everything for you. Like you do have to have a context. Like how many clients does Gusto have? Kenji, do you remember the number? It's something stupid. It's like 60,000 or so. Like I can't even fathom the number. Yeah. So like, we're we're a platinum partner, which is their highest tier partner with a hundred and fifty clients on Gusto. And a hundred and fifty on sixty thousand is not like direct line to the CEO. Like be reasonable, people. Yep. 100%. And 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 I and I just think people get out of whack, like with expectations, like, hey, I'm an important client. Well, you you're like kind of like they don't really have a Walmart problem here, folks. Yeah. Like we're so like our accounting ecosystem is so like fragmented. If you're serving the small business market like most of us all are, there there almost is no concentration risk. There's no they don't have any there. concentration risk with us. And they're they're trying to do the best they can. So like have a lens and be reasonable partners. That's where it comes to two ways, right? It, when we it, look absolutely. At it, too, it comes like, to that in a huge way about being two ways. So just understanding that and respecting it. I think to me, that's a tell to me. If, if someone doesn't think of it in two ways, they talk about these as their vendors. They treat tech partners like their vendors because it's the exact same thing when our clients treat us like vendors and they don't care about our team. They don't care Absolutely. about who we are. They don't partner with us. It's the exact same thing. And that's frustrating to me because I know how I feel when our team gets treated that way. And it's just a way that we should, I think, think about our tech partners. Now, you know, I think that part of this relational aspect as well too is you know, we've taken an approach for a long time that we do partner with specific tools and technologies, but we've been, I think I used to use the term agnostic more often. Um, yeah. I, I like to use the word, I was just talking about this with Jess McCracken and Intuit, who's been honestly an a, a outstanding partner of ours um, this past year, is that I think Acuity, we're very fair. We're just, a, we, we just strive to be a very fair partner, um, you know. Of course, if we're working well with you and we think the solution is helping our team and our clients, we are going to do whatever we can to help make our partners successful. Um, but we're also not going to get into, um, we only bleed this color of GL system or only do you know this way yeah. or we only like, whoa, we get invited on this cool trip. So we'll never 
I just think that there's no doubt about it. These these everyone has to use some strategies and tactics to kind of draw, whether it's clients or people, accountants to them. We try to do our best. Be like, listen, we're we're going to find the best solution, and we're going to be a very fair firm. Well, to be fair, like even like of the best of breed, like if you pick any of the top three, it's going to be a great solution. So I do see, like I understand firm owners that pick one first of all, and pick one and like go whole hog because it's easier to support, hundred percent easier support. It's just never been our in our DNA to do that. So I think a lot of our tech partners have struggled with that in the yeah. past, uh, but they're getting used to us. We grow yeah. on people. I that, think that's, sometimes. that's true. Yeah, I think yeah. so. So, but I don't think being agnostic We're like is a for, fungus people we yeah. start growing on them slowly. Yeah. yeah. I don't think being agnostic is for everybody. Right. Because it does require iterations. It does require more comprehensive team training. Like that's still that's stuff. The key we're, right there. We're was, struggling with that. I was just going to say, I was just going to say what for us in our early years, when we were smaller and we weren't working with such a big tech stack, the, the, for us, it was the thing that was always the most important was, can we cross, we'll, we'll, we'll have multiple solutions in the same problem area, right? That, and if I, if we can cross train our team effectively, if it wasn't too burdensome on the team and they could switch pretty easily, we're willing to do that. That was our first lens of like, it can't impair the team too much if the solutions are different. And you get to a point, and I think that's still a good lens to, for firm owners to consider is if you if you don't if you don't feel or if you get feedback from your team that like having too many different solutions in one area is cumbersome for them, then don't do it. Do not do it. I mean, step back. And don't exhaust your team. That's that that would be the cardinal sin. I say I would say stay away from it. If you can, if you can, great. It opens up more market share for you. That's how we looked at it. That's why we were from the get-go, QBO and Zero as GL platforms. We were able to we were able to test the cross-training across our teams to use both GLs. And we felt like that was a smart way to go after a larger addressable market. So if we knew our we could increase our TAM, why wouldn't we do that? By and if it wasn't much of a lift or a tax on our team, but now back to the account tax framework, you can't cross train everybody all across that. That's that. That'd be a great TAM right there. You're talking every solution under the sun, but you're going to have a team that is going to completely throw a mutiny on you and walk out because that's unrealistic for everyone to know all those solutions. Yeah. So, um, well, I mean, those are some of the things. There's a lot of ways to think about partnerships. Um, it's incredible. They're incredibly important to us at Acuity. Uh, and I think what we didn't even scratch touch on here is, you know, I think being getting a chance to work with tech partners, as we always say, it's kind of scratches that itch of curiosity for us. Like, wow, we get to actually participate and understand the tools of our trade. In fact, you get to influence the tools of your trade, you know, and I think that's one of the areas that um, are, are fun to consider when they invite you in, whether it's early stage, and you've seen this, Matthew, we called out some partners of ours, or even later stage, there are some who kind of let you in and say, hey, can you help us on our roadmap and how the tools look like? And I think if you get up, if, if you're a if you're an accountant or a type of firm who enjoys that, and we, two of you, are, two of us are, our firm, we've kind of built to be a curious firm of like, we like people who like that. It can be a lot of fun too. It's fun to know that maybe you're having an impact even more broadly than like, hey, just 
you know, I need a tool that solves this problem. Like, oh, wait a minute, I'm not a technologist. I can't build this tool, but like I can work with the builders of it and they want to listen to me and they actually want to help out. That's a that's kind of a fun thing too. Um, and I'd say behind the scenes to it, beyond that, we called out a bunch of names here. There's probably 10 times more of the names of people we called out that have become really good friends of ours. Um, yeah. And there's some great people who work in the space too. So I just encourage folks, we'll talk more later about our specific tech stack and why we chose those solutions with Patty at some point. But in the meantime, I hope this is helpful for folks as you think about this crazy world of all the technologies that you run into at every conference, maybe some ways to think about how you go forward with them uh, to kind of create a better end solution for, for you and your customers. So with all that said, Matthew, let's rate some beers up from here from Drew and the Inflammo team. Um, I've got mine up pulled up first. You always do. I do. I try to, I try to make it a little bit easier. Um, can you, Matthew, can you see the scorecard? Can you see? I it? can this time. Oh, Way to go, dude. Untapped, bearded iris, this bad boy, a nice solid 4.0 and a good hazy, really nice kind of hazy IPA. I liked it a lot. Your beer, Matthew, was? Uh, Gerst Amber Ale. G-E-R-S-T. Yeah. Amber oh, Ale. Yazoo. That's another really favorite. Yeah. Yazoo's a really well-known one. At, at a, so I was going to do 4.25, but uh, they're going to lose a quarter point because uh, their uh, competitor sent this to us, Kenji. <laughs> so drop it down to four. Stop asking competitors to um, to uh, to do this, to sponsor our podcast. That, that, that At some point, we've got to make sure that we're... We work at Acuity. So go to acuity.co if you're... There you know how many... Okay. Yeah. All the other accountants listen to this. Do you know how many other accountants have sponsored this? Let's just let's just see. Um, Marissa, uh, Amanda, like Nicole so. and JW. Nicole and JW. Uh, we could go like, on, and like, on and like, on. Yeah, we know who this podcast um, is really for. It's for our peeps. So I know. Hey, um, I did want to say if you want to see how we do, kind of the flip on the partners. You know, everybody has a. a all the partners have a. You know, you can be in our directory. We have acuity.co slash partners. You can see how we flip that on them. Uh, so they feel like it's kind of also like we, we'll co-market with you. We'll we'll do kind of stuff. It's also a good place to put your affiliate links uh, on those. So if you want to check that out, you can see how we do that if that's helpful for you. That's a very good point. We probably should have. I'll, I'll, show it real quick? I'll show it real quick. For anyone who's actually watching for this long, I can't imagine anybody is. Here's the here's the page that Matthew mentioned, Acute.co partners. Yeah, just scroll down to the things and you can you see. You can find out start. here. They can come through and be how to become a partner. Um, and it show come we come down here and, and show the 16 that we feature. Yep, our different tech stack, right? A little bit more about them. We've got them bucketed and things here. Yeah, These and click the through the, ramp's the newest one. So click through ramp, turn it over and click through. And and each one of them has a landing page where we kind of they their marketing team. You know, it connects the marketing team. So that's a kind of a subliminal thing you do with this. Like their marketing team has to talk to your marketing team uh, to do this, or um, you just get connected into different places and stuff like that. So yeah, um, lots of cool things to do as you as you go through this, guys. Yeah. So feel free to check that out. Matthew is instrumental in building that for us, helping build that for us. So reach out to us or him uh, and take a look out there. If we can ever help you with it, let us know. But in the meantime... Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to drop some comments. It always makes us happy when we see any kind of comments or people. Even snide remarks. Yeah. Like we'll take snide remarks. Take it's it. good. That's Just right. Anything. You know, 
Anything Lo- to keep lo- us going on the recordings, guys. Come loved on. or hated, but never ignored. Please never ignored, right? So, uh, well, cheers, man. Thanks for cheers. the chat today. Cheers to all of y'all out there. And we'll catch you next time here on Drink While You Think. Thank you.